you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. child has been possessed by Satan. Your dear child, Poe. My dear child, Poe. Who is a cat. Been possessed by Satan. I, okay, yeah, I guess I should say that. I said that in an earlier one, but yes, my, I have a cat named Poe. He sometimes gets possessed by Satan, which I actually learned this last week was a literal thing that people thought about black cats is that they would get possessed by Satan or were Satan. So the fact that I've just been saying that about him and it's an actual thing. Yeah. Did you not know that? Like, I'm surprised no, you didn't know that. You just said you that. didn't know that. So I don't know why I repeated it. Um, <laughs> that's crazy that you didn't know that to me, if I'm honest. I, yeah, I had no idea. I'm also obsessed with that sweater. It seems cozy. Thanks. I sent a picture of the glasses to my mom and she was like, I love them and I love your sweater. And I was like, thanks, mom. It's a good combo. It's a good fit. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I am doing great. Yeah? I'm not stressed out and losing sleep over 1989 Taylor's version releasing October 27th. I'm not stressed about a double, triple album theory. I'm having a great time. It's very fun here. Why are you stressed about it? Why is it not excitement? Um, It's like the level of stress, uh, like the level of excitement has turned into stress because usually when there's these big clowning theories, we're disappointed and let down. But we did guess the 1989 release date, like announcement was going to be on um august 9th people who are not swifties don't understand we clown so hard that it's no longer fun it's actually just stressful and okay. you think aren't hobbies fun no of course not <laughs> what i play hobbies video games fun. for a hobby i understand that <laughs> hobbies are not fun <laughs> i used to play valorant hobbies are not fun <laughs> So to break the illusion, we record on Wednesdays. So this episode will be out on Halloween post the release date. Um, I will be tweeting a lot on Friday, my thoughts and opinions on both my personal and also the Eternal Slumber Party podcast. So for all of the fellow Swifties, this is our time, our time to shine. I'm in charge of the social media, so I get to do whatever I want on threads. I'm going to go back to the one thing you said in that sentence that wasn't about Taylor Swift. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. I'm... Oh, that's another reason to look forward to Friday. We're going to go do a candlelight tour at uh, the Edgar Allan Poe House in in uh, Philadelphia. We are. And we're going to the Stranger Things themed bar uptown. Uh, bar. Yeah. Do you want to dress like hell cheer? I was kind of thinking of dressing just like kind of fall vibes. I have this black dress and then like my maroon sweater that I was going to wear over it. Okay. Maybe break out that. I don't know. I might change my mind Friday. We'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Um, Uptown won't let you wear hats. Otherwise, I'd just cosplay as Dustin. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I got kicked out for wearing a hat once. Well, I, I wasn't kicked that. out, but they made me take off my hat. And then I was having such a bad time because my fit was ruined that I left. Okay, no hats. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Halloween. Oh, God, I love spooky season. It's my favorite season of the year, the Halloween season. I... I love it. And I feel like this year I finally did enough things to feel like I f like properly celebrated the holiday. Yeah, we did like some spooky stuff. We did our spooky stories. You got to go to the penitentiary. I went to the Renaissance Festival. Um, I got older. <laughs> That's terrifying. You're right. Oh, and then also we're planning on going to the Monster Mania Con, which is yeah. in November. We're going to do that, and I'm so excited. Exciting. We're not guests. I always feel the need to preface that. We're not going to be guests. We're just going to be going as attendees, as little menaces. So yeah. speaking of Halloween and you losing sleep over things, I want to tell you about my night. I've been waiting all day to tell you about this. Go on. So I watched Halloween last night to prepare right for recording today and i've seen As halloween usually do yeah i've seen halloween before uh -huh. i watched it for the first time a couple years ago you were correct i'll say overall with your vibe of the movie which we'll talk about i won't spoil it but like you're correct with the vibe however yeah. i just want to say michael myers scares the ever loving shit out of me yeah, I don't in my notes I make I make particular note on that because I have maybe a hot take on this movie that some people may not agree with. Okay. But I make note of Michael Myers in particular because I agree. He is very scary and there is something very terrifying about a man in a mask just staring at you. I actually did something today. I looked up a bunch of the history of Halloween. So I want to share that with you. Not Halloween the not Halloween the um, holiday, but Halloween the movie. So I looked up a yes. bunch of history on it. So I have a bunch of history to share with you that I think you will love. But so I watched this movie last night. Not particularly scary as far as movies go, but I'm a little scaredy cat. I have been a little scaredy cat my whole life. Maybe someday I will share those very personal, very embarrassing stories on the podcast. But for today, I will give you this taste. I could not sleep last night because I was convinced that I was going to see Michael Myers standing in the corner of my room. I had to sleep with a light on in order to ensure that I could constantly look up and see that he was not standing in the corner of my room. When I did fall asleep, I had multiple nightmares involving Mr. Myers. I woke up about four times <laughs> and Bloody. was awake for about an hour and a half in the middle of the night and did not fall asleep until about an hour before my alarm. So yeah, speaking of not getting a lot of sleep. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. buddy. I know. <laughs> it's, it's kind of hilarious and extremely embarrassing, but that's my vibe on this podcast. Same. Um, maybe we should not do Nightmare on Elm Street ever then, because I feel like you would never sleep I, again. Well, so here's the thing. I will watch Nightmare on Elm Street. 
I will do. I want to do it because I want to watch all of the classics. Like I really, really want to see because I haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street. I haven't seen Friday the 13th. I haven't seen Psycho. I had like I want to watch all of those classics really, really bad. So eventually, whether or not we do it on the podcast, I will watch them. But I'm going to be smarter about it and I'm going to watch it during the day and not at night right before I have to go to bed. (laughs) I... I recently got into horror movies, I will say. So yes, I do really want to go through and watch like all of the classics. Same, yeah. Um, I'm going to be so real. It it was Five Nights at Freddy's, the Markiplier playthrough, that got me into it because I love those playthroughs. Oh, we should go see Five Nights at Freddy's this weekend, too. We should. That comes out. Yeah, it comes out. We should go see it. For me, it was the video game Dead by Daylight because I used to play that game all the time, and they have almost all of the classic killers in it. Which is why I watched Scream for the first time was because Ghostface was in that game. I love that. And here's the other thing. Michael Myers is in that game. And there's a version of him. You can have like different abilities and perks in the game. And there is a perk that you can give him where he is silent the entire time and you never hear him. And he will just show up behind you and one shot kill you. (laughs) I hate it so much. Should we start talking about Halloween? Yeah, I got the uh, the little synopsis pulled up and ready. Cool. For Do you want to read the synopsis? You want to read the yeah. synopsis and then I'll tell you some history? <clears throat> On a cold Halloween night in 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years. But on October 30th, 1978, while being transferred for a court date, a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims. So they do confirm that he's 21 years old. That's good to know. Because I was wondering that at that um, when I was watching it. Yeah, I tried really hard to capture um, locations and years. But trying to take notes and crast to my Chromecast has been a little bit of a challenge lately. I mm-hmm. don't know why. Uh, my Chromecast, sorry. yeah, for whatever reason, whenever I start casting, if I close the app, it restarts. And then if I open the app again, it restarts. You're going to have to go to uh, handwritten notes. No. <laughs> well, you could do it in glitter pen. Ooh, I do love a glitter pen. Exactly. Okay, so let me tell you about let me tell you about a little bit of history about the Halloween movie because yeah. I woke up this morning after not sleeping and being terrified of this this thing, and I was like, time to look up some shit about it. So I did that today. So so Halloween has a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a seven point seven out of ten on IMDb. It was directed, scored, and co-written by John Carpenter, who is considered to be one of the biggest names in horror, especially classic horror. Halloween is considered to be one of the movies that pushed slashers into their golden era in the 1980s. So the golden era of slashers, 1980s, they consider basically that Halloween was the one that was like, this is the standard now. This was also Jamie Lee Curtis's debut film. I knew that, actually. I saw an interview with her. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple other things that I, I think you know, but I want to talk about anyways. So here's the thing. This movie had a budget of 300000 
box office hit 70 million. Oh my God. I know. That makes it one of the most profitable independent movies of all time. So here's the other thing. It took 10 days for Carpenter and his then girlfriend, Deborah Hill, to write the screenplay. Which is, this is the point in where I start getting a soft spot because I'm like, oh, this is a college project. (laughs) They just woke up one day and said, let's make a scary movie. And then they did it. So Deborah Hill wrote most of the female dialogue based off of her experience being a babysitter and being like a a female teenager in the time. Um, And then I have a quote from the Wikipedia about the sources of the different people's names. Okay. Okay. Lori Strode was allegedly the name of one of Carpenter's old girlfriends. Michael Myers was the name of an English producer who had previously entered Assault on Precinct 13 in various European film festivals. And Assault on Precinct 13 is another one of Carpenter's horror movies. So to expand on that a little bit. So Michael Myers was the real life name of the now dissolved British company Miracle Films uh, head of operations, like the head of that company. So Myers, after meeting producer Erwin Yablons, Yablons, who was one of the people who approached Carpenter to make Halloween, he had distributed the Assault on Precinct 13 movie in England in 1977. And his name was chosen as a tribute to the success of that movie. So it's a tribute to basically a film guy and has nothing to do with the other actor. I always think of Mike Myers whenever people mention Michael Myers. He did play a parody of Michael Myers on Robot Chicken, I read. That doesn't surprise me. I know. (laughs) You should find that because I bet that's really funny. Okay, so as along with the other names, homage is paid to Alfred Hitchcock with the names Tommy Doyle after Lieutenant Thomas Doyle from the rear window. And Dr. Loomis's name is derived from Sam Loomis from Psycho. Which I also just want to point out. Billy Loomis? Billy Loomis. (laughs) No, actually, I think Psycho is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Psycho. Psycho is the movie that is cited to have created the slasher genre. So I definitely think we should watch that sometime. Oh my god, I'd love to do a Hitchcock. Can we do a Hitchcock? I would love that. Okay, let's... Episode one will be called Let's Do a Hitchcock. The last name that I want to give is that... So Sam Loomis is the boyfriend of Marion Crane, who was played by Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Wait, what? In Psycho. Okay, so so here's the thing. So Dr. Loomis's name was derived from Sam Loomis from Psycho. Right. Sam Loomis in Psycho is the boyfriend of Marion Crane. Marion Crane is played by Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Oh, I see what you're saying now. I got so confused. I love, I I love that reference. I was so confused. I thought you were saying like the character who plays her mom in the movie. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. Who the hell? No, no, no. no, no, I'm so sorry. Okay, so here's the thing. Curtis was literally picked because her mom was in Psycho. She was not the first choice. There was a different first choice, but she was like tied up and stuff. And so Carpenter was like, well, her mom was in Psycho. She'll do a good job and picked her. And she did a good job. And she did a good job. 
Um, also, I want to say Curtis made $8,000 filming this movie because of how low the budget was. Carpenter himself only made $10,000 during the filming of the movie. Like, this was a low-budget wow. film. You know, I I would love to kind of start talking about the movie on that note. Because the first thing I said, besides how much the opening score slaps, is how much I love the practical effect on the jack-o'-lantern. Yes. And, like, it's low-budget. Fucking loved it. And it ages so much better when you use practical effects. 100%. Do you want to jump into the movie? Because there's a couple other things that I have that we can talk about at the end, I think, that will be perfect for a little ender. Because it's mostly about Michael fucking Myers. Let's jump into it. And then Let's we can talk about Michael Myers at the end. It. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Because I loved the opening. I loved seeing the jack-o'-lantern. I loved the slow zoom. So have are you someone who grew up watching old classic movies? Like, did you ever grow up watching, like, White Christmas and okay so I was raised on like those old like 50s 60s movies things like that this intro is so reminiscent of that like the extra long musical intro but then taking it bare bones and it just being this jack-o'-lantern the whole time is genius honestly like it's so genius no what I will say um my parents didn't really show me any classic movies, so I watched them of my own accord. So I haven't seen a ton of classic stuff. Okay. Um, I only watched Back to the Future for the first time in 2021. I have not seen any of the sequels. I watched A Christmas Story for the first time last year at Christmas. And every time I bring this up to my parents, like, that I haven't seen these movies, their response is, what? You haven't? That's crazy. Why? And I go, because you didn't show them to me? And they go, what? That's crazy. Why didn't I show it to you? That literally happened to me with both E.T. and the Star Wars movies. We owned them. I never watched them. And my mom was like, what? Why? This this podcast is just going to turn into us watching the movies that we never watched growing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is healing our inner child. Um, one, I would absolutely watch E.T. with you. I would I've love to still watch never, e. I've still never seen it. We should watch E.T. You should watch um, it, yeah. One, okay, classic movies I did watch, total side departure, <laughs> um, Sandlot and A League of Their Own with Tom Hanks. Those are the two okay. movies that fucking raised me. I don't have parents. I have two <laughs> baseball movies. I never, I've never seen League of Their Own. Sandlot, again, going back to being overly terrified as a child, used to be fucking terrified of Sandlot, and then I watched it again a little bit older. Fucking love that movie. God, that's Oh, I love that movies. movie. Um... Back to Halloween. Okay, the music is I so... love John Carpenter. He wrote this in like three days. He wrote the score to this in like three days. Yeah, I was actually talking to Dr. Boyfriend and he was saying that um, apparently they thought this movie was awful. It wasn't supposed to be like that scary. John Carpenter then wrote the songs and then threw it on there i was like i guess it's a horror now so the the original screening that they did of the cut of the movie everyone was like it's not that scary and then he added the music and like not only is it so much scarier but it's such an iconic yeah it's like you know that sound you know that like 
I, of course, get flashbacks to Dead by Daylight every time I hear it, but I'm not normal. I just think, like, it's Halloween. Like, both the movie and the holiday and the season. I'm like, it's Halloween. It's spooky time, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. So the opening shot is a POV, which is stunning. I loved the POV. Yes. I noted. I loved the POV. I said it was beautiful. Um, and I loved how accurate the Midwest house was. Oh, yes. That house. Again, I recognize that house because it's literally in a map on Dead by Daylight. I literally know so much about this from that fucking game. But here's the thing that did bother me a little bit about the POV. It is not the right height for a child. I just need to say that. That is not the right height no, for a that... child. <laughs> um, I thought... So, because I was getting so annoyed because, like, the boyfriend comes down the stairs. I'm like, how do you not see the guy with the knife? This is a grown-ass man with a knife. How do you not see him? I hate that he just dips out after sex as well. Like, I was annoyed. Then when the guy, like, oh my God, wait, I now know he's I need, to, I need to talk about that. They went upstairs and it took the amount of time to walk around the house, in through the back, pick up a knife, walk through the living room yeah. for that for that man to come and put his clothes back on and leave yeah and i literally made a note what is with these boys in horror movies coming so fast they know they have a limited time to do it they know like 30 seconds later too i know i know it's ridiculous so yeah it was not the height of a child so it kind of threw me off but the pov itself is like I think what it's what creepy. Helped, it's scary. After looking up all of the information about this, reframing my mindset to not be like this is a big blockbuster movie to oh this is a small independent horror movie, it shifted my mentality about so much of it that I just have so much more of a appreciation for it now. No, I really do like it. Um, I loved the POV. I loved seeing. I also do not think that was a child's hand that grabs it was not the knife. it was not a child <laughs> yeah so i did make a note because i thought it was really funny that he grabbed the clown mask and then went upstairs to where the naked girl is supposed to be not just the naked girl his sister yeah i don't think i knew that at the time of this pov was that knowledge that i should have had watching this pov at first yeah i didn't think so no it is so- not until we get to the car ride scene that is explained that yeah. it's a sister. So speaking of the sister, though, can we talk about the first moment in this movie that's kind of hilarious? I said the stabbing scene was low-key kind of funny. That is not even low-key kind of funny. The She literally goes, ah, 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 like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I, <laughs> so my hot take with this movie is that Halloween is not a horror. It is a goddamn comedy. (laughs) That movie had me laughing and cackling. (laughs) So I think part of it is that it is low budget. These are not big name actors. These are very small actors getting very small parts. It is a new genre. This is not something that we've seen before. So it's very experimental in like what we're learning and seeing. But it was fucking funny. That was funny. I also, I will say, I got kind of annoyed with how often he was stabbing her. I'm like, that is a child. And you got stabbed that many times? I know. I was like, get it together, girl. Like, I did write that out. Get it together, girl. Well, she, like, didn't try to fight him back or anything. She just, like, 
<laughs> Which here's the thing. He is six years old and she is like probably 17 at this point yeah. based on the knowledge I have. Yeah. Um, six-year-olds are not that big. They are not that strong. We see a shot of him. You just hold your hand out. And then they're going to like windmill their arms trying to hit you because they don't understand <laughs> how to actually get to you. The way he was stabbing did not seem that powerful. No, because it, it was, was like funny. this almost. Yeah, like Homie doesn't know how to hold a knife to eat and he's able to just hold it to stab her. I, I'm sorry. I know. I completely agree with you. This, I think, is going to be the biggest moment of suspending your disbelief. I think this is going to be the biggest moment of that. Probably. So the next like thing we have, so he like walks outside. It's still, I think that's the other thing that's beautiful about this is this whole thing so far is one POV. We have yeah. one shot of the kid walking outside, walking up to the front, walking around back, going inside, going upstairs, killing the sister, coming back downstairs, going outside the front. All of that is one shot. I love that it's i love so the continuous good. long shots what is that movie that war movie like 1917 or something that came out that's like looks yeah, like with one harry... continuous shot yeah with harry uh harry styles is in it right i don't think so uh 19 i'm looking that up i think harry styles is in it is he maybe and i just don't remember please hold um wait no maybe he was in i think he was in dunkirk that sounds right yeah, I mixed up two movies. Sorry, okay. guys. <laughs> Wrong movie. He was in Dunkirk, which How dare was you. two years beforehand. Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, the so the next, the immediate, like the second shot that we get is we get the mask taken off to reveal this is a child. This is a tiny yeah. little boy. And then it's his two parents. And he, so he's standing there with a bloody butcher's knife in his hand. And his parents are just standing there staring at him. And that is one of the weirdest shots. Yes. Why are they all just standing there? I don't know what I would do. Your kid is covered in blood. Like, I'm, I'm going to be so honest. I would be like, where the fuck is your sister? Did you cut yourself carving a, cut yourself carving a pumpkin? Where did you get a pumpkin? I would not assume that he killed his sister because there's no reason for him to have killed his sister. Right. I would immediately be like, what did you do? Why is the, like, why is the knife bloody? What's going on? And I would run inside to find the girl who's supposed to be babysitting him. A big complaint I have with this movie is that usually they give, well, I guess a note because I don't necessarily hate it, but a note I have is that this movie doesn't give a reason as to why he's killing babysitters. Okay, so that's a thing. So John Carpenter literally wanted... Can I talk about the history of Michael Myers? <laughs> yes. yes. You are an equal host in this. <laughs> okay, so, so Michael was, quote, Michael was inspired by... This is a quote from one of the Wikipedia articles. While on a class trip at a mental, in mental institution in Kentucky... Carpenter vis visited, quote, the most serious mentally ill patients, end quote. Among those patients was a young boy around 12 to 13 years old. The boy gave a, quote, schizophrenic stare, a real evil stare, end quote. 
which Carpenter found unsettling, creepy, and completely insane. Carpenter is also talked about he wants Michael, which in this movie he's only referred to as the shape. He is not referred to as Michael. He wants the shape to be the pure embodiment of evil, to kill without reason, to be seen as inhuman, as superhuman, as to just, there is no motivation, there is no reason. He is just the embodiment of evil. See, and that's why I wanted to correct myself, because I don't hate that. I think that's so scary. But I noticed, like, they didn't give a reason as to why he was killing babysitters and why yeah. he was talking babysitters. The only and reason I, I can yeah. think of is that there are girls that are the same age as his sister. Which I'm just curious, what did his sister... Uh, listen, I'm a big sister myself, so I know I've probably done something. We could get into a lot of theories about the... So there was one that I briefly saw as well that talked about the hypersexualization of older sisters that is also then tied with the hypersexualization of the act of stabbing because the act of stabbing itself is a very phallic and sexual deviant very personal type of yeah it's seen stabbing is seen on a lot in sexual deviant style killings so there is this thought that it's you know this sexual deviancy tying stabbing with feeling sexually turned on by his older sister and then relaying that to these other teen girls that he sees and just kind of deciding that those are going to be his victims. I'm for it. It's spooky. It's creepy. I was a babysitter once. Really glad I didn't watch this fucking movie. I was a babysitter once and the kids pinned me down and shoved their dirty underwear in my mouth and then I was never a babysitter again. Ew. That's all I have to say. Uh-huh. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so. Moving on. Moving oh, on. I think... So I watched this on Prime Video. Again, nice. I was Chromecasting and I've been having issues. So in my note, I said this could be my audio with my video. But oh my God, the doctor had such a gravelly voice. I swear to God, I was like, is this Patrick Mahomes? Is this Kermit the Frog with this gravelly <laughs> ass motherfucking voice? I don't think his voice was that gravelly. It had to have been my audio. I think it was, it was your only audio. That character. And I'm like, what kind of Kermit? The frog ass gravelly voice. He was voice. a very dramatic type of like. Homie gargled gravel before I, he did his lines. I think that might and have I been And I liked it for the character, but it drove me nuts. Speaking of though, that nurse, the chain smoking nurse. She didn't give a shit. She did not those, give two shit. Those two were so over it. They have places to be, loans to pay, rent is due, and they got a day job. <laughs> like. Oh, but then we get the second ridiculous moment. Can they wander around? It's pouring rain and you're asking if these inmates should be outside. That shot is very scary. I will oh, it say is. that is a chilling shot. That line is also why I was like, this is a comedy. Who in their right mind would ever ask that question in the pouring rain? Can they wander around outside? Probably not. Well, that's why it's he, raining. Okay, but here's the other thing that happens that fucking this whole scene cracks me up. Then this whole scene cracks me up because of this. So let me do a quick little play by play for you. So they see these people wandering outside. The guy's like, stop the fucking car. Something's wrong here. You can see the gate at the front is open. So he runs up there to try and see what's going on. 
And then we see this mental patient jump onto the hood of the car, who we now learn is the shape slash Michael Myers. Michael. And gets on the hood of the car while the guy's up, like, while the doctor's up front. This nurse rolls down the window and will be like, what you doing up there? To which he then grabs her face and tries to, like, choke her. She's slamming her feet all over the bottom of the, like, the, the gas and the brake pedals. Like, slamming her feet all over those. Writhing around. And the doctor does not come over to do anything. He sees the car moving and everything and does not do a single thing about it. Yeah. Like... He can see this man get on top of the car and just doesn't, doesn't why care. Would you, why would you roll down the window? Why would you do any of these things? Like that whole scene was ridiculous to me. And I know that they set it up so that he had a way to escape while also explaining who he is because in the dialogue, they do also explain, oh, he's in here for killing his sister. He's this terrible person. He's supposed to be moved for a court date, but we shouldn't be moving him. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. We need exposition. He then takes off the car, which I just want to say, if he gets locked up at age six, how the hell does he know how to drive a car? They do mention that later, but apparently he knows how to drive a car. Yeah. No, again, we suspend our disbelief for silly things. Um, I don't think he was a good driver necessarily, so I'll forgive it. But I do love scenes that play up the they clearly don't know how to drive the car, Um, mostly because after I watched Halloween, I was like, well, I still have a few hours to kill before I want to go to sleep. Let's watch National Treasure. <laughs> and at the end of National Treasure 1, there is a scene where Riley, who still is the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. I love <laughs> Riley. And I still love Riley. Um, he drives away in a Ferrari, but he doesn't know how to drive it. So he keeps like starting and stopping and like screeching the tires. <laughs> and I love those scenes. So I kind of enjoyed seeing him steal the car. Because it's a little bit ridiculous. And I love that. It's a little bit ridiculous. That's the thing about this movie that it very much like. And I think that's kind of like, again, you and I are both brand new to horror. We're little baby, baby horror nerds. Which is one of the reasons why I wanted to look up the history of this. Because I was like, I want to learn more about the history of horror as well. But I think one of the things about horror movies is that they play that line between horror and camp. And it can very easily swing from one to the other, depending on how you play it. Yeah. And maybe that's specifically with slashers. But I think that that's definitely a trope with it. Like, I think that's why I'm gravitating more towards horror, is I have this appreciation for camp. Mm -hmm. I'm looking camp straight in the eye. And I, I can't help but love and appreciate horror for all of its campiness and how much camp is inspired by horror horror is inspired by camp and how much of all of it is inherently queer yeah and here's the thing i don't think we can definitively say where one thing starts where one thing ends with some of this inspiration but there is definitely within this movie it is so funny and so campy and i think that's why it ages so well is because it's not concerned with special effects it is concerned with good camera movements it is concerned with good score it is concerned well the score came later but still um very concerned with feeling realistic because there is a lot of scenes and dialogue between the girls where it's very real 
and I do love it. And all of the girls look like real girls. Can I tell you they something do... else? It's like a background thing. Yeah. They were all wearing their own clothes. Oh my god. Ah, I love that. I feel like that helps make it feel real. Low budget. We need more low budget movies in Hollywood. Hollywood pay your writers by giving lower production budgets so we have to force people to be creative. So here's another fun fact about the wardrobe that I have been waiting to tell you because I don't think you know this. So many of the actors wore their own clothes. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis's entire wardrobe was purchased from J.C. Penney's for about $100. God damn it, Jamie Lee Curtis. I fucking <laughs> love you. Which literally my next note in my notes is literally all hail Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I believe my next note is God, she's so cute. In reference to Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. <laughs> she came on screen and I was like, ah, oh, heart oh, eyes. I know. <sighs> Just this- it's like when you see a Disney princess for the first time. That is how I felt seeing Jamie Lee Curtis. It's really funny you say that because she is considered like, isn't she like one of the, the princesses of horror or like? Uh, she is the scream queen. The scream queen. Yeah. They call them scream queens. Thank you. I should have known and- that. She is, I think she's considered the Scream Queen, but I would definitely say she is the Disney princess of horror movies. Like, (laughs) that makes sense. Wasn't she in that TV show, Scream Queens? Uh, Yeah, she was. She played the principal. That makes sense then. This is making, this is all making, okay. Another thing that I noticed about this movie that is very reminiscent of the times is extremely long camera shots because in this moment we listen to him breathe for so long yes and like there's a shot where they're walking down the hallway or the shot where she's crossing the street like it is very reminiscent of older movies because older movies went a lot slower because they weren't trying to tell as long of a story the stories were a little bit more condensed whereas i feel like modern movies now try to pack in so much They get so big that everything has to be really fast cut, like all these fast, 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 fast. Whereas in this, you have like 30 seconds of them walking down a hallway. You have a minute of him just breathing. And I know that's adding to it, but it also still very feels like a classic style of making movies. One thing I really liked is that, and what I like with older movies, is that they are here for the world building and for us to feel immersed in this movie and we need to know the characters and we need to know the world and we need to know this and we need to know that and the plot is almost secondary to the rest of it in comparison to now where i feel like every movie that comes out is so obsessed with this needs to be a good plot the plot needs to be there and they kind of forget about other elements like they don't care as much about world building they want plot because they want to franchise and you can't franchise a world building thing you have to franchise plot that's really interesting that you say that because there were people who made comments saying there was it was all about the plot and there was not enough character development in this movie like i don't know i don't and maybe looking at character development for this movie because yeah there's not a lot of character development in words but i feel like you kind of know who all of these characters are when you first see them and within their first 30 seconds of talking because they don't go yeah. through this huge character development there's not there is no nice character development flow. it is the thing that happens is the story you don't develop from that like we don't even see at the end of this movie a post 
event to see a development in Laurie. They didn't f- kill him. He's still out there. This movie's not over. It just ended. Have you ever seen, have you seen Halloween 2? No, I haven't seen any Halloween movies except for this one. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the basic premise of Halloween 2. And I'm not going to tell me. you anything else. I also haven't seen it. Halloween 2 is the same night happening in the hospital. Oh, shit, that's scary as hell. Oh, my God, that's genius. I think you and I might have to watch that movie sometime. I think so, too. Because I've also never seen it. But no, I'm going to disagree that they didn't. Like, you don't have character development because the story's not over. You're just telling it. But they do focus a lot on the world building. You know who these characters are. You know their roles. You know their place in the world. And you can notice that by what they're wearing, which it's so funny that it's their own clothes. But it's really easy to see who's who, what's what, what the relationships are. And then they focus on she's just crossing the street. We're immersed. We believe that this is just a regular girl in Illinois who's going to babysit on Halloween night and watch a scary movie. And it's concerned about the dance and girly things and boys. And I love that because I do think that a huge issue I have with more modern movies is that there's so much plot and so much telling and not enough showing. The thing about this movie is that there is plot A and there is this very minimal plot B of like her two friends are trying to fuck. And that's That's every B plot in every horror movie. But but now in the movies that we have, there's an A plot, there's a B plot, there's a C plot, there's a D plot. Like there's so much happening in every movie. And this was very much stripped down to bare bones. I want to tell a story about one of the scariest mans, one of the scariest man men alive. Which I know that right now Hollywood is very concerned with franchising everything and they want everything to be the next Avengers. They want yeah. everything to be the next Game of Thrones. They are throwing everything at the wall that they possibly can. And instead of I really like American Horror Story for what they do, where each season is its own story. I really do appreciate that because I think that is what Hollywood should do with some of their franchises. And that's why the early Avenger films were so good because it was their own movie and they focused on telling that movie and building that world and then connecting them through how it would make sense to connect them and little character cameos here and there, little plot points that connect both the stories because both of those plot points happen in these characters and then they go on to be in the Avengers and it makes sense to connect each and every person. I could not imagine this movie having more plot levels then Michael gets out, he's going to kill babysitters because he's an evil, evil man. So I think that would be called an anthology, right? Where you tell different stories within the same world. That would be like an anthology. Yes, I always just consider, I think right now everyone's calling it the cinematic universe or the blank universe but i do think traditionally yes that is an anthology not to bring it back to stranger things but to bring it back to stranger things the duffer brothers also talked about doing that as well they were going to have season one originally 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 be the end of 11 story and then season two was going to be a completely separate group of people yeah they really tested out mm-hmm. the uh, number eight i think it was number eight yeah is like her sister so and we just completely forgot about her which is tragic. She would have been a very interesting character to uh, develop yeah. a little bit more. Bring her back for season five, Duffers. 
they but that they called that an anthology and actually ironically carpenter's original plan was to make halloween an anthology and tell different stories which is where halloween 3 came from which is the only halloween movie that michael myers is not in i'm deeply spiraling at this point okay to also podcast. to tie it back into both Stranger Things and Halloween, I want to talk about those fucking bullies because I watched that they, and I said, "He's gonna get the- you. He's gonna get you." Did they not make you think of the bullies from Stranger Things? They did. I had that exact same thought. I, okay, so again, Duffers, we see you watching these classics, <laughs> but like, yeah, seriously, Duffers, cite your sources. <laughs> But it was so, like, to me, it made going back and watching Stranger Things be like, oh, wow, that's accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, one thing I want to point out, since you're talking about the bullies, Mm I am really surprised that Michael Myers isn't a town legend. He's still alive. He's not that far away. He killed his older sister. Kids talk. Kids make up stories. I am very surprised that over the course of, like, 15 years or whatever, no one made up this town legend. He's just the boogeyman. Well, so they did because there is that scene where the doctor scares away the kids at the house because they go up and they like it's known as the murder house because remember when she's dropping off the key, the kids like you can't go up there. That's the murder house. And then the kids go by and they're going to go inside to prove that they're brave. Like, so there is this legend about the boy who killed his sister in the murder house. Also really relevant to uh, season four of Stranger Things. Yeah, seriously, tougher. Cite your sources. This is the most. This Can I copy your is- homework? Yeah, but change it so she doesn't know that you copied. <laughs> uh, it really does show where they got all of their. Because the another huge one was ET, which I'm sure when we watch that, we're going to be like Stranger Thingsing all over the place. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I think there is a legend, and then it's tied in with the boogeyman. Okay. But I think there is a little bit of a legend. It's it's very subtle because again, like you said, they don't they aren't doing a ton of like expose, let's say. There's not a ton of expose, so you kind of have to pick it up a little bit here and there. I, I think that's why horror fans get so into these movies. Every time you watch, you probably pick up on things that you didn't realize before. Which I and it's actually like a whole new movie. I actually talk about in a little bit. There is a moment that I saw a little bit later that I saw that I didn't see the the first time I watched it. I also have a note in here. This is my first of many notes that says, I don't care what you say. He's still scary <laughs> because the moment when like the kid bumps into him and he just like grabs him. I'm just like, I hate no, him. okay. I do make notes and I constantly am talking about like when he's just standing there, it's scary. He's it's unsettling. Scary. He's a good horror icon because he's unsettling and he's scary and there's nothing special or supernatural about him. He's just a guy and it's scary, but he's a guy who cannot be killed. Who has superhuman yeah. strength and cannot be killed. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. And then we see the doctor and he is trying to call and be like, this is important. No one's listening to him. No one's giving him the time of day. Then he finds the truck, like the abandoned truck pulled off to the side of the road. And my only notes are, oh my God, naked dead man. He was that is, naked, that is the- He had a shirt on. Did he have his shirt on? He I cannot tell that he has the shirt on. He has a shirt on. Again, I've been on. having issues with my Chromecast, so there has been maybe some notes where I'm like, <laughs> what just happened? I could not okay. tell that he has a shirt on. I was like, oh my god. I was scandalized that they would show boob 
and a naked man. Oh in no, this movie. is honey. This is the seventies. They only show boob. <laughs> they show so much boob. Okay. Every time I watch a seventies movie and there's boob, I'm like, ah, uh, ah. Uh? If it's horror what? movies, there's boob. I think that's one of the horror movie tropes or slasher tropes is that if it's a horror movie, there's boob in it. Um, there's boob, but if you have sex, you will die. Yes. Which is why I like Scream so much because I do think that Sydney Prescott takes back that narrative. Anyway, that's a Scream discussion. That's a Scream um, discussion. You have to hold on to that because, oh, I have so much to say about Sydney fucking Prescott. God damn um oh, but then okay. my next note i love that her friends were smoking because my only comment is whoa she's smoking she's so cool because that's what i think every time i see old movies with characters who are smoking <laughs> yeah. I'm like whoa he's so cool he's smoking a cigarette it is the 70s though so like that's pretty normal yeah but every time i see it i always like it's one of those things where um, I see it and I roll my eyes. I'm like, whoa, you're so cool. Just like when the ATV kids are out, the ATV people are out in Philadelphia and okay. they're revving and like, you know, doing their annoying ATV stuff. I'm like, whoa, you're so cool. You're on an ATV, bro. You and I also come from the land where ATVs are not on the road. They are on the countryside. The first time I saw that, I was like, what in the back roads country is happening? And then I learned that that's a Philadelphia thing. Yeah, um, I actually, the first time I saw it, I was so stressed out because there was a girl, like, there were two people and they were popping wheelies, like two people on one ATV popping a wheelie or whatever on the back. Oh my God. And it was this girl who had braids that were dragging on the road behind. <gasps> no. So I just watched in horror and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to see something horrific happen in two seconds. Ma'am, ma'am, your hair is on the ground. Oh my god, that is so scary. And they scary. were speeding down the street. And I was so stressed out. So I hate them because every time I think about it, I'm like, that girl probably doesn't have a head anymore. Um, <laughs> happy Halloween. <laughs> happy Halloween. Okay, so the next thing I want to comment on is, so they yell at Michael, the shape in the car. And then one of the girl goes, I think he's cute. And my note is, yeah, you and everyone else. <laughs> because so many people... Yeah. have a boner for michael myers and i don't did get you not it. see the grip strength when he was leaving the finger strength on that man i don't care <laughs> i don't care he scares me i literally feel the need to look behind me right now i'm so scared it's okay i can see behind you, you can't i keep looking in my background <laughs> i always look in my background Anyways, so yeah, I just had that moment. I was like, well, it was destined for everyone to be horny for Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, my question is, how is he moving so fast? That's what I pick up on in this movie. That's what I can I can't focus on. The man moves so fast. And I know I love the quick cuts like that, where it's like you're looking and then you look away for a second and then he's gone. Because that's always so creepy. Because I feel like I'm gaslighting myself when that happens. It yes. That is a great, very new age way to describe that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows what gaslighting is now. Um, they don't. They think they know what the gaslighting is. They don't really know. Well, I also didn't use it correctly. I know. So I'm using it in the correct <laughs> modern term. But he moves so quickly between cuts. And it almost pisses me off because Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't move in between seeing him like disappear. And I'm like, why, why don't I get to see where he went? 
And why does she act so scared? She sees exactly where he went. He did not just vanish out of disappearance. It's just the way the camera cut was we are looking at him, then we look at her, then we look back, and he's gone. But she never moved. I know. I know. That one. I have a question, John Carpenter. Where did he go? Carpenter. He went like into the bush. He's laying on the top of the bush. He did this Homer (laughs) Simpson, like, disappear into the bush. (laughs) I want a meme of that, but it's Michael Myers instead of Homer Simpson. I'll do what I can. (laughs) Just put the mask on Homer Simpson. (laughs) I'll do what I can. But that's exactly what happened. And then they start smoking weed. That is my next cut, too. So, like, there is a little bit in between this. She goes inside, gets a phone call. It's supposed to be her friend. She's not talking. She sees him in the backyard watching her. He disappears. It's like a buildup of suspense, essentially. And then the suspense is cut by the phone call with her friend. She gets picked up by her friends, and she's smoking weed? She's supposed to be this straight-A goody two-shoes, and she's smoking weed? She's smoking marijuana? Oh, okay, I will say my next note is this movie's so fucking cool. There's been murder, boobs, smoking, drugs, and then a hard cut to a cemetery. <laughs> if this is not, like, so us. <laughs> yeah. What a cool movie, guys. In oh this goodness. order. <laughs> because they cut to a cemetery where he dug something up. And I was very confused. I did not realize it was a headstone because I'm like, what the oh. fuck did he just grab? So, yeah, I had to have that explained to me the first time I watched it, too. So. To clarify, he takes the tombstone of his sister that mm-hmm. he murdered. Yeah. Thank God he didn't dig up the grave. That's all I'm going to say. That would have been horrific. But yeah, that he just goes and gets a gravestone, which I want to know. Did anyone see that and just say, no, not worth my time. Not getting involved. <laughs> I'm going to keep walking. He's wearing work overalls. You could believe anyone's supposed to be doing what they're doing when they're wearing work overalls. You know, that's true. I'm not going to question someone wearing work overalls. I'm going to mind my business. They're just doing their job. So there's another shot that I want to talk about when the doctor goes to find the chief of police who we learn is one of Lori's friend's dads. There's a shot that I want to talk about. So the, the doctor walks up and is like, hey, I need to talk to you. Like, this is real bad. He's standing there and you see him just standing and looking and there's a car that turns the corner and drives behind him on the street. Yeah. That's the car that Michael is in. Yeah. And I noted that. I was like, this is a comedy. This kind of scene is in comedies. You would turn around and find him. It's so funny. But it's also very suspenseful, which is, I think this is again, the thing, the line between camp and comedy and horror is like a shot like this like you were like oh this is so funny and to me i'm like the suspense he's right there you could almost get him there is that line and i was laughing i thought it was the funniest thing they could have (laughs) ever chosen to do unless they had him standing in the background i thought that was so funny um but i thought it was funny that you kind of skipped over when the dad goes into the car like goes over to the car and it's like oh my god my dad's here roll down the windows and they act like they weren't just smoking weed as if they did not make that car reek of marijuana. Also, why did you go up to your dad? You could have just not said hi to your dad. Could have just Yeah, going. you pulled over willingly and was like, hi, dad. 
I do understand that we had to make the transition from Lori to the police and the doctor to get like that whole scene. And like we also then got the t- context. Oh, he stole a mask, a knife and some. A hammer and some rope. So we know what he stole. Yeah. So we are aware like we're getting that little tiny piece of expose again. Um, no. And here's the thing. I understand like what I just think it's so funny. Because I know people who are in that situation. Everyone knows friends who got caught hotboxing their car. <laughs> and I I cannot help but find that kind of scene so funny. And in particular, like, oh, my God, it's my dad. Oh, my God, it's the cops. And they're the same person. Hide the drugs. <laughs> and it's funny to me. And then I do like, because they have to pull over. We have to get exposés. So they have to do those silly things. But it would be more suspicious in a teenager's mind. Like, if I see my dad, I have to stop and say hi. I can't keep going and lie and say, oh, I didn't see you. That would be ridiculous. I have to notice their presence. And that's how we move the story along. And that's just, it's good. I guess that's feasible if you're a high teenager. It makes sense in the brain. So they continue driving. Michael continues following them. How do they not notice that he's been following them this entire time? Because this seems like a long drive. Because also, it's like Because they're so distracted talking about girl stuff. But it's like early evening, and then all of a sudden, it's pitch black. Like that, there was no like ease into sunset. It is like, oh, Isabel, it's like late afternoon, and it's nighttime. Like, and then they arrive at the house. That's just how fall is, okay? That's just how I feel like I it just is. experienced it on my drive home today. That is not how fall is on like a 10 minute drive. Okay. I'm just saying from being in my house during fall, that is exactly how it feels is I'm like, oh yeah, let me play the Stranger Things mobile game that I'm now obsessed with. Thank you, Margo. You're welcome. And all, all of a sudden it is nighttime. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll let it go. That example just... because I'm addicted to that game, but- I just like that's just how it is. I just saw that and I was like, it felt like a weird cut to me of being like, how much time just passed? Like, were they driving for like 30 minutes to get to this house? See, and it's really funny that you find issue with that because I kind of liked how they use the lighting and the music and the cuts to add the suspense and to make it feel very tense. Here's the because I felt like that's what they were doing. Like, we're talking, we're distracted because they're talking about like, you could just ask someone to the dance. Oh my gosh, you do care about boys. Ew. Like you get so caught up in that and it gets dark. Like then you realize all of a sudden it's dark and it's kind of unsettling. Like you've lost that time. And when you already see them not really knowing if Michael's actually there because he's disappearing so quickly, I feel like it adds to the tense, tenseness. Okay, I get that. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is I think all good horror movies will use these kind of techniques. Like they go back and use these techniques that were pioneered by this movie with practical effects. And that's how you can tell if it's good horror. Because right now, I think the trend in scary movies is to rely a lot on, and movies in general, um, is to rely very heavily on CGI and green screen and fixing things in post instead of making it good. And like Barbie movie, Barbie Land is yeah very practical effects they built those sets um yes there's like some cgi and some editing and fixing things in post but greta gerwig did say she wanted things to be very practical effects and like to feel very real in that cartoony way and going back to like how they did things in the 50s yeah and i think those movies age better because even this movie 
even though I think it's really funny, there are they were still parts. I was like, oh my god, this is spooky. It is. It is one of the best movies in the genre for a reason. These houses are supposed to be fairly close to each other because if if just thinking about it, Lori was able to walk from her house to the Myers house on her way to school to drop off the key. The doctor was able to walk from the Myers house to where the girls are babysitting. And then the girls are babysitting across the street from each other. Within a short amount of time and the girls are babysitting. But the doctor did not go through downtown. So unless the girls went somewhere else before babysitting, I don't know. Like to me, it just was like, this feels continuity time wise and like location wise a little weird. But again, I think that's not the point of this movie. The point is to tell, to set up the scene for what's going to happen next. So my assumption is that they finished smoking weed, so they're doing a drive. Like when okay. I was watching this, I assumed you grew up in the Midwest. You know that you just drive sometimes to kill time. That's true. I am. I'm not someone who partakes in the Juana. So like to me, I was like, oh, you're going from like she's picking her up. Point A, point point A, point B. Here we go. I didn't think about like, oh, we're just gonna go for a little bit of a drive, smoke a little bit of weed. You know, it just didn't cross my mind, but I think that makes perfect sense, actually. I mean, even if we took the weed out of it, that was something that I would do in high school. True. Completely sober. I just would drive around because I'm like, I have a new album. It is time to jam out to my CDs. I my car was too old to have like Bluetooth or like a I bought um, a ton of CDs and that like I would just drive around and I would listen to those CDs on blast. And that's just what I did to kill time, either before, like, not really before school, but like after school, if I didn't want to go home or like, it's late and it's summer, I want to roll my windows down. Colorado is like a little bit too cold to have the windows down over Halloween. Yeah. But I don't know with like, some of these Halloween movies, I feel like are set in very early fall, not late fall for how I know weather works in this part of that part of the country. Yeah. But I will forgive. I will forgive that. It was also shot in California, so they probably yeah. didn't want to be wearing bulky winter clothes and and such. It's, it's harder to show the yeah. booby when you're wearing bulky. Yeah, if you're a coward. Just Regina Georgia, just cut out circles where your tits go. Can you imagine Michael Myers, but he's got circles cut out where his nipples are? Stop it. <laughs> On that note, I just think it's really funny uh, some of the things that then start happening, like with the babysitting scenes, where it's like, who's the boogeyman? As if this kid wouldn't know who the boogeyman is. He goes to public school. Everyone knows who the boogeyman is at that point. The little girl, Lindsay, does not give a fuck about her babysitter. I fucking love Lindsay. zoned out, and I love it for her. Love it. And then I was really confused. Why the hell are there just button-up shirts in your kitchen? Okay, I want to go back a little bit because we do have to talk about a very sad scene. Yeah. So the doctor and the chief go to the Myers house and they walk through to find like proof of if Michael had been there. He talks about this is where the murder happened. They find a dead dog and they make reference to Michael eating that dog. 
because he got hungry. You know, I think I glossed over that part because I cannot handle that at all. I know. There are two instances in this movie that are used with trigger warning about animal cruelty, I guess. Let's just put that out right here. So if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead like 30 seconds. There are two instances in this movie in which they use animals to show his cruelty, one of which being Mm -hmm. this scene about eating, killing and eating this dog, and the other one being the scene that we have later where he kills the German Shepherd, which they literally say they did with the purpose of showing how evil he is. Okay, that's all we're going to talk about with that. I just wanted to briefly say that. We do not need to talk about that anymore. Yeah, uh, because I... I my brain kind of blacked that out because I, I literally like- watched that scene and I was like, oh no, Kirsty is going to hate this. <laughs> yeah, no, I hated it. I It didn't even make my notes. My brain blocked it out. It, it, it was protecting yeah. me. But yeah, there's just button up shirts in the kitchen. That's what my brain grabbed on. Okay, so no, I want to talk about that. And also she's on the phone with Jamie Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis trying to like twirl her hair was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen her do. Yes. <laughs> But also, yes, Yes. I just want to say this girl not only grabbed a shirt of the man who she's babysitting for. Yeah. Back that up 30 seconds. She got fully naked because she got butter on her clothes. On her shirt. She did not need to take off her pants. She got a little bit of butter. She got a little bit of butter on her shirt and completely stripped, which to me... This goes into a less than savory horror trope of the glorification of the female sexualization within horror movies. It's the booby trope, but it's the way of the sexy half naked or naked woman dying. It, it really feels like they are presenting because like we were, we say horror is inherently queer it almost feels like to cover up some of the queerness, they just throw boobs on it and say good enough. I really, I don't know if horror is inherently queer. I think there's a lot of queerness like interlaced with it. But I think there's also, as most things in this world, a very hetero male centric side of horror. And I think that because that has been one of the most dominated parts of it. And again, I don't know that much about the history of horror. I want to, at some point, really dive deep into that. And maybe even for one of my topics, just do like a history of horror movies type of thing. That's around. We'll feel silly. Oh, see a little silly thing. But like, I, I want to learn more about it because I don't know much. And it's just, it's fascinating to me. But yes, she got naked because she got a little bit of butter on her shirt. That drove me insane. I hated that. And then the laundry was outside in its own private house. There is no way a woman in the Midwest is going to have her laundry that inaccessible during winter. No way. Also, Absolutely not. She is just walking everywhere pantless. Yeah. She is fully naked underneath that shirt. There's no reason for that. First off. Then she goes and does an entire load of laundry for just her clothes. Because she got a little bit of butter on her shirt. And then she locks her. So we do have a couple of scary shots where like Michael's standing right there and then the door closes and she locks herself in. And then she tries to get out through the window and get stuck. Yeah. Which, which why didn't you just, just move the shelf? The shelf is like a pound. It's the flimsiest thing I've ever this seen. This girl 
is not having a great night, but also simultaneously, she drove me crazy. I was like, girl, have a thought she, in your brain. <laughs> she's not a final girl for a reason because she keeps making these very stupid mistakes. But she flicks the lights and the lights aren't turning on. And my question is, if the lights aren't turning on, why would you think the washing machine's going to work? Thank you. If the lights aren't on, the thing that powers the machine isn't going to be on. Like... Which, okay, people can be like, oh, well, a light bulb can run out. That doesn't mean that there's no power. True. Maybe I'm the not light bulb going... burnt out. Yeah, maybe the light bulb just burnt out. I just, why would you do an entire load of laundry for just your clothes at a, I guess not stranger, because you're babysitting for them. But what, they're going to come home and you're wearing his shirt and completely naked else? underneath? Yeah. What and it, again, fuck? it was for a little bit of butter. I cannot get over this. I cannot let go of the little bit of butter on her shirt. I can't. I cannot. <sighs> she stressed me out so much. Yeah, hated it. So there's a little thing where she talks on the phone with her boyfriend. What is the girl's name again that she's babysitting? Lindsay. Lindsay. So boyfriend's like, hey, I don't want to walk over there. Come pick me up instead. So she, Annie takes Lindsay over across the street to where Lori is babysitting the kid. Yeah, in just the shirt, by the Again, way. Again, just the shirt not and like a shawl. She has like a shawl over it at this point. Takes her over yeah. there and is like, hey, watch Lindsay for me. I need to go fuck my boyfriend. And like the worst part is she's like, hey, Jamie Lee Curtis, just watch this extra kid. And Jimmy Lee Curtis rightfully is like, no, I don't want to. And then her friend is like, well, I set you up on a blind date with Ben. And Jimmy Lee Curtis is like, why would you do that? Tell him no. And then she's like, no, you're going to have to do it yourself. Hmm. Or maybe I'll do it. I'll think about doing it if you watch Lindsay. And I'm like, I can't tell if you're really good friends or if you are just mean. No, I had that thought earlier when they were walking home. I was like, this girl is not nice. She's yeah, not like, a I good friend. Like, I cannot tell if she's mean or if we're just not supposed to like her because she's not the final girl and you can't have two likable characters. You have to have the annoying one and the likable one. But I was just like, this is such mean girl energy. Yeah, it was very... So anyways... Like yeah. Lindsay ends up over at the house with Lori. Annie's going to go get her boyfriend, Paul. Yeah. And there's another moment of it just prolonging things. She goes to get into her car. Oh, the car's locked. She forgot her keys inside. So she goes inside. She grabs her keys. And it's like that a moment in horror where it's like when it's suspenseful, it's building up. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. She gets into her car and it's all fogged up. Yes. And then... I was so annoyed because I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? You don't have your keys. Even if the car was unlocked, how would you have started it, ma'am? So that annoyed me. Like, she's just so stupid on purpose. And then she kept making such weird faces when she died. Like, as she died. Oh, my God. The faces and, like, her face is and the weird down the window, And she and just like keeps making faces. Like, you can see her, like, closing and then opening her eye. is like she's supposed to be dead already. Drove me insane. I know watching death, her die in such me, a dramatic way. The deaths in this are funny. So far, the two deaths that we've talked about, funny. Also, I just want to say that kid that Lori's babysitting, he has seen some shit. He literally yeah. saw Michael carrying a dead body. 
Yeah, and then he's screaming, like, oh my god, like, freaking out. And Jamie Lee Curtis's character is just like, shut up. Stop. Nothing's I mean, wrong. So dismissive of this kid looking out the window and freaking out. To be fair, though, it's Halloween. They were talking about the boogeyman watching a scary movie. He's probably been, you know, like, I, I, to me, I was like, all right, I get it. She's probably like, yo, chill out. Yeah, I was going to say the reaction to, like, the kids you're babysitting freaking out. You look out. You're just so, no, this is just how life is. This kid's freaking out. Like, nothing's wrong. This is just how it is. It's very dramatic in a way. And I would like to note, one of the things I wrote down is Michael is death become horror icon. <laughs> to make fun of that whole Oppenheimer thing, I could not stop being like, Michael is death become iconic. I'm going to talk about but, that later. Okay. But yeah, no, then we have the other friend. The other friend and Bob, which, God, I can't get over that he's named Bob. Duffers, we see you. You know Chrissy? <laughs> no. Chrissy from Stranger Things is named after Chrissy, the first person who died in Jaws. Oh my God, Duffer. <laughs> Duffers, I'm begging you. I can get you some more interesting names. I got two right here Kirsty and Margo. Put us <laughs> in, coach. I'll be Barb's cousin. <laughs> oh my God. I'll be. I feel like I kind of look like Eddie. I feel like I could pull off a, a Munson. You could also be a Wheeler. I think I could also be related to Dustin. If I had, like, there's enough dark-haired characters. There's enough dark-haired characters you could pull it off. Yeah. I I could be Bar I could be Max's cousin. You could. You could be either Barb's cousin or Max's cousin. I would be so into that. Um, Duffers, we're available. Duffers! You can even just use my name. <laughs> Uh, you are also allowed to use my name. Oh, but also but say it correctly. We're not gonna break strike, so we're not gonna do anything until. Oh after... yeah, we're not gonna scab until. Oh like, yeah, we're not no. gonna scab. We're not scabbing. We're saying once everything's resolved, then come talk to us. Hello. Yes. To talk about something disappointing, that man lasted thirty seconds in bed. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? Do you want to? I wrote that down of? too. It makes me think that maybe projecting. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Okay. Um, I I did write down that. Remember, if you have sex, you will die. And then I called Jamie Lee Curtis a jack o' lantern virgin because the entire time she is just making jack o' lanterns while her friends are having sex. <laughs> She's just down there making jack o' lanterns, being the best babysitter. She is Steve. She is the Steve. <laughs> she is the Steve. So uh, my next note is literally Michael do be strong, though, because here's the thing. So the guy goes I downstairs. So Bob goes downstairs to get some beers. I have some comments about this scene. So first, Michael do be strong. He do be strong. He do have grip strength. Does not make him more attractive and less scary to me. Makes him more scary, less attractive. I want to just make that clear. Two, they die so fast. Like They do. If you compare this to Scream, other slashers, people get stabbed a lot and survive. And like it takes a long time to die. And in this, it's like, bing, dead. I think it's because 
the average person at the time did not have as much access to maybe murder knowledge as we do. Maybe. Like, think about it. We listen to true crime all yeah, the time. That's true. We have several, I can name several different podcasts that talk about horrific, horrific crimes. I also don't think that a lot of movies were necessarily trying to be super realistic. They were trying to get the point across. This movie and I is do cons- think yeah. it started to trend towards we're not going to try to get the point across. We have to be realistic. I think so. This movie is also very conservative when it comes to gore. It's a very conservative movie for gore. And I think that other movies have a bit of a glorification of gore. Yeah. So the other thing about this that is, I think, a gorgeous shot, but an unrealistic shot, is that he pins him to the wall with the butcher's knife. So Bob is held up about two inches off the ground, two to four inches off the ground, by Michael, by his neck, stabs the abdomen, then Michael lets him go, and he stays there like that. It's a very stunning shot. Like, as far as, like, cinematography... It reminds me of Christ, like, being attached to the crucifixion. Now, what I will say is unrealistic because we all know that that body, the head's fallen forward. That whole body's going, boom, straight like this and falling off that wall. That knife, at like, maybe if it's oh, into absolutely. the hilt, he would stay up there. But, like, there's going to be ripping. Like, that's just not realistic. I also no. want to throw in another one of my Michael facts, okay? Hit me. Okay, so the shape slash Michael Myers was played by Nick Castle. So in all of this, played by the actor Nick Castle. Nick was essentially given no direction throughout the entire film besides stand here and then walk here. He was basically told not to act, just stand and walk, which to me is what makes it so much scary because he's just standing and that makes it terrifying. Yeah. Now, the thing that ties us in, the only direction that Carpenter says he gave Castle was that in this scene, to stare at the body and tilt his head as if he was looking at a butterfly. That is so deranged. I love it. I know. And I think that that whole, like, not giving direction, just have him be, there is no emotion, there's no direction, there's no nothing, is what adds to the scary. Oh, absolutely. Also, we get some more horror hilarity. We get some hilarity. Michael puts a sheet over his head. And puts Bob's glasses over the sheet. He's a comedic genius. But he cuts holes in the sheet. So this man is wearing a mask. Yep. A sheet with little teeny tiny eye holes cut out of it. And then glasses on top of that. And the mask itself already doesn't have big eye holes. So he's got like three layers on who and those glasses be thick so he probably can't see out of them oh he can't see shit fans can't see shit (laughs) and then he goes upstairs where the girl is filing her nails on someone else's bed so that's not her nail file that is not her bed this girl she just just slept on this stranger's bed and then is filing her nails with another woman's nail file in her bed and then just tits out, and then Ghost Bob shows up. 
<laughs> and then she's asking him questions. And I put down that if I were to ask two questions, like if Dr. Boyfriend was being a goofy guy and just standing with a sheet over his head, and I was like, oh my God, you're ridiculous. What are you doing? Hey, Dr. Boyfriend, what are you doing? If he didn't answer me on the second one, I would bolt out of that room so quickly. I'd be like, nope, I'm choosing life. Peace out, Girl Scout. And I would run. You're also lucky enough to live in a house in which almost every room that you're in has two exits. Yeah. There's only one. Only two rooms don't have two exits. I know. And that's, oh, no, that's this office. I This office in the bathroom I, I can't looking, escape I from. I keep looking behind me. I can't. I can't do this. Okay. These deaths but are no, kind of ridiculous, though. I do need to it say is, that. It is. But Michael, scary as hell. Oh, that was my. terrifying. God, I hope I can sleep tonight. Then there was the sexy moans as he's killing the girl. And I said, this is a Austin Powers gag. There is no way that this is not something that they do in Austin Powers to make fun of this scene. Because what the fuck? Jamie Lee Curtis gets on the phone. Hello. And then it's just sex noises. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, you guys, like listening to it for a second. <laughs> Before hanging up the phone. Like, that is a gag. That is a on-purpose joke to be funny. I love it. I really love it. Yeah, the deaths are kind of ridiculous. Very over the top. Oh, my God. I just realized something. What? We're going to have our new logo for this episode. Oh, my God. And we didn't even talk about it. <laughs> oh, I was never going to address it. I was just going to have us have a new logo. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. New logo, who dis? Because I was going to say, I was literally watching this while I was making the new logos in an effort to make distract myself from the movie so I didn't get too scared. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. So. Oh, other thing I wanted to mention the entire time I watched this movie, an alarm kept going off, like a car alarm, someone's house alarm. I don't know. But there was a constant beeping, which then. Sounds like the beeping at the end of the movie, just constantly through the entire time I was watching the movie. Oh my god. And it god. was driving me up the wall. I thought I was losing my mind. I could not find where the beeping was coming from. I was going up. I paused the movie. I went around my house trying to find the source of the beeping. I went to like different rooms, different levels. I was checking appliances. I was looking at the smoke alarms. I tried to like go outside as much as I could because I was like, I'm genuinely terrified of whatever is making that alarm sound and what could be happening outside because I don't, I can't see what's really happening on my street. Terrifying. Then it like got fixed and then it was just in the movie, this beeping, this constant beeping. It was horrific. Okay, so let's kind of, we're going to set up the next big scene. So Lori calls again, doesn't get an answer. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go over there and check on my friends. The kids are in bed. They're asleep. I'm going to go over real fast, check on my friends. She goes over there and she sees the room set up. So in the room is Annie laying on the bed with the tombstone at the yes. head of the bed. And what on the nightstand is a carved lit jack-o'-lantern so weird 
I actually made note. He home aloneed the house with dead bodies for someone to find. He home aloneed the house with dead bodies. He must have been amazing at arts and crafts in that mental institution. Probably wasn't a whole lot else for him to do. Yeah, I don't know what else he would do. Like, yeah, he had a talent. He could have been an artiste. I mean, a lot of artists are really fucked up in the head, and I say that as someone who's an artist. <laughs> This isn't even his house. This isn't even the Myers house. This is some random guy's house. Yeah. And he's just hanging up naked teens. Some of them naked. All like, of them are naked. The only one who has um, any type of clothes on is Annie. And she's only got that big shirt on and a pair of like underwear. Otherwise. What about the guy? I thought the guy would have had. Oh, he had put his shirt on. You're right. He put his shirt yeah. on. Yeah. For some reason, the you're men right, are right. cowards after sex, and they get dressed immediately. Um, they die anyway. You just wasted seconds of your life just to die anyway. So Bob and the other girl are in the closet, correct? Yes. Okay. So Lori walks in, sees all of her friends dead like this. I would say has an appropriate reaction. Rent was due with that fall down the stairs. So can I give you another fun fact about this movie? Yes. So because they shot this movie out of order, Lori wouldn't know, or not, I'm sorry, Lori, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wouldn't know how scared to be. So Carpenter made a scare scale to tell her how scared to be. So he'd be like, that's this really scene is funny. a two, this scene is a seven, this scene's a nine and a half. And that's how she went off of like the scale of how to be scared. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, Rent was due with that fall, though. Down oh the stairs. Oh, my God. Rent was due. And then there's all this broken glass. She is running out of the house, screaming for her life. She is bleeding. This is one she of runs the, to the neighbor. moments for me. The neighbor looks at her through the window and then walks away. Does not go to try to open the door. I know. She walks away. And I was freaked the fuck that was the scariest part of the movie for me was the absolute indifference to this girl screaming for help and bleeding and your first thought is not get her inside call the police it's to walk away and i think Horrific. the really unfortunate thing is that i've heard actual real stories where that happened like where a victim was trying to get away and like people ignored them yeah. Fucking scary. Couldn't I know. Couldn't be me. I know. Horrific. So, Horrific. I do want to say, though, why was she, like, leaning on the wall in the house just crying? Like, she sees her friends dead, and she doesn't immediately run out. She just leans on the wall to start crying. I'd have to assume it's shock. Because, like, I, I think mean, when she heard the sex I do noises, forget about she shock. did not think that was her friend dying. dying. Okay. That's fair. Like... I in her mind what just happened the last thing like this is what she thinks just happened in the same way I was taking notes in Stranger Things like this is what just happened from like the wheel like Mrs. Wheeler's perspective yeah that's a good this point. is what just happened from Lori's perspective yeah she's babysitting these two kids because one of her friends was going to go fuck her boyfriend at his house instead of him walking over and no one has heard from her they yeah. do not wear, know where she is. They assume she's probably just taking longer, whatever. Then her other two other friends come over to be like, where have you guys been? Oh, we're going to go over to the neighbor's house and have sex real quick. 
BRB, she gets a phone call and is like, oh my God, you guys are so gross and ridiculous. Just hearing moaning that sounds sexual. So yeah. she assumes they're probably just boning, accidentally called her, whatever. Yeah. Hangs up the phone, goes back to babysitting these two kids. One of these kids freaked out or like five minutes ago that he saw someone being a dead body being carried and was freaking out, has been terrified of the boogeyman all day for whatever reason. She's just trying to get through Halloween night, make a little babysitting money, and not be too stressed out over the fact that her friend is trying to set her up on a blind date with this boy. You're right. That is what's happening. Then she enters a house that has been home alone to string up and display her friend's dead, naked bodies. Yeah, that's a good point. That is Oh my god. Did you see Poe? Yeah. Poe scare you. Poe scared the shit out of me. I didn't hear anything and then I just heard something right behind me and he's right here. Hi, baby. Funny. I hate to be the one to tell you this. You have to edit it. You're going to have to edit this I'm editing during the day. Don't worry. I already thought of that yesterday and I was like, this is going to be the worst fucking thing. Watch National Treasure because that movie's (sighs) fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Hi, baby. Here's... I'm... I'm gonna draw a line in the sand we are never reviewing any of the national treasures on this channel fuck we are not gonna do it you know what maybe for a live show maybe for a live show in dc it, they film a lot of it here in philadelphia at the liberty bell oh that's right okay yeah no a lot of it takes place here okay. um, also fun fact in uh national treasure 2 took place in my hometown amazing um I we, could have been an extra in it if I'd gone that day. I know someone who is an extra in it, and you could see the back of his head in one of the shots. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait for that. Here's the thing about the scene when she's running outside. It's the first moment that we get the true, like, done, 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 done mm-hmm. sound. And I got to tell you, I had such a visceral reaction once again going back to dead by fucking daylight because that's the sound that michael makes when he's near you in the game and i literally i was like this is so scary because of the music like it really made a world of difference that music but i also need to say we missed a very hilarious scene which is she's trying to get out of the house and he blocked the kitchen exit with a rake and so Mm -hmm. she locks the door to the kitchen and she's trying to break open to get the rake out like so that she can leave and he punches a a hole through the kitchen door and then swings it open and there's a moment where he has his fist through the kitchen door and swings the rest of his body around and is just standing there with his arm through the fucking door and i don't know why that shot fucking cracked me up it's funny that's why and then literally is funny and then literally my next note after that in all caps is i don't even care he is scary (laughs) i was so oh so then here's the other thing that i noticed is Lori is pounding at that front door like let me in let me in she throws a pot up to wake him up so he can get it let me in let me in she's like all this stuff so dramatic And I noticed that she's going, when we face her, she's grabbing at the right side of the door. And then when he opens it, from his perspective, he's opening 
the right side of the door, which is if this was the same door, he would be opening the left side of the door. So it op- the door opened the wrong way. It's a very small continuity thing. I know they went from outside to a set. Like, I get it. But I just noticed that. No, that kind of stuff does drive me bonkers when I notice it. But, our, like, the ending of this movie, I was just watching, like, my mouth open. Like, what is happening? Wh- what the fuck? Because this- then there's the shootout. Was this your first time seeing this? This is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Oh, okay. I'm understanding more about like why you were like, what the fuck is happening? Okay. So yeah, I've never seen this movie. That's why I wanted to watch it. Got it. Is it seemed like the perfect time to watch Halloween for Halloween? 100%. I'm still sad I didn't watch Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. Yeah, kind of a missed opportunity. Um, but yeah, we, I was just so confused at the ending because I was like, oh, oh my God what's happening because i did not know about halloween 2 the premise for halloween 2 i knew that there were sequels i thought he just came back from the dead they do not kill this man so my ending note is just what the fuck he's just Uh, gone my ending note is i forgot we ended here (laughs) because so to walk through a little bit so he gets in through a window he comes up behind Lori. Lori fucking stabs this guy with a ne- knitting needle. Yeah. I love Lori. But also then she goes, she gets the kids, they hide. She goes and hides in a closet. Why is she whimpering so much? I'm like, girl, be quiet. <laughs> like, shush. I know. I noticed that too. I'm like, shush. Just. just, just mm. And then my next note is Michael V. Closet Doors, the true match. Yeah. Like, he could not. Those closet doors come off of their rails. Like, I know that type of closet door. You can pick those fuckers up and just take them off. And he was it's fighting for comical. his damn life against those. The doors had rent due. They were doing their damnedest. The doors were a paid actor. <laughs> <laughs> they really, the doors took up... Wait, um, how much? Uh, what's... 300,000 minus 18. 279,972 dollars. No. I meant thousand, but yeah, so uh, $272,000 went to those doors. <laughs> <laughs> and if I got the math wrong, I don't care. Too gay to math. Too gay to math. Too, sorry guys. Uh, I'm not fixing it. So she tells the kids, go run and get help. So then the kids go run outside and they're like, fucking help me. She needs to either leave that house. It takes forever for anyone to actually help them. No one helps them. These are young children at this point screaming for help. Yeah. So here's, no the, one. here's the thing. The next, the from this point to the end of the movie takes place over a matter of a couple minutes. So I understand that the kids might not have reached the house yet. They're still telling someone to call 911. The police have not arrived. So what happens is the doctor is running down the street looking for them because he sees the car and he sees the kids run out of the house screaming and he's like, bingo, bango, found, found my patient. So he goes inside. And again, I need to say, Lori, stop turning your fucking back on this man. That was not final girl awareness. That was not final girl awareness. She's twice in this movie. She thought she killed him. She turned her back. And then he fucking that scene, that shot where he's laying there and he just sits the fuck back up again. It it again plays that line between that's fucking funny, but also that's fucking scary. 
Like, yeah. can easily go both ways. It's cheesy to me because this movie was made in 78. Yes. I can imagine watching it for the very first time in 78, not listening to nearly as many true crime podcasts as I have. That would have probably been very, very scary. In the same way, Jaws scared an entire generation of people from the water. Psycho scared people from getting in the shower alone. Like like when at home alone. Yeah. And at this point, Psycho was one of the only major movies to have come out in this style. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is a brand new type of thing to see. I, yeah. So he gets up, he starts struggling with her. We see his face. She, like, rips the mask off, and we see his face. He puts the mask back on. Doctor shows up and is like, bang, 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 bang. He releases his whole clip, and you can even hear afterwards that he's, like, still shooting, but he, yeah. like, it's just clicking. So, shoots him six times. This man goes over the stairs so he's been poked it with a knitting needle poked with a hanger stabbed with a knife shot six times and then falls off of a two-story balcony and we have these ending words between Lori and the doctor being like this is you know the boogeyman whatever we have a shot where michael is laying out on the lawn and then the doctor walks up to go see if he's laying there again and the lawn is empty which means that michael fucking got up and left yeah fucking scary now i want to give you some information that i've been holding in this entire time about michael myers the character okay so This is, again, a quote that I pulled from Wikipedia. I want to give the source. This is the Wikipedia page for Michael Myers. I I read it and I was like, this is just the best way to explain this. So I'm just going to read this whole quote for you, okay? In 2005, a study was conducted by the Media Psychology Lab of California State University, Los Angeles, on the psychological appeal of movie monsters, which surveyed 1,166 people nationwide in the United States with ages ranging from 16 to 91. It was published in the Journal of Media Psychology. In the study, in the survey, Michael was considered the, quote, embodiment of pure evil, end quote. Compared to the other characters, Michael Myers was rated the highest. Michael was characterized as lending the understanding of insanity being ranked second to Hannibal Lecter in this category. He also placed first as the character who shows audiences the dark side of human nature. He was ranked second in the category Monster Enjoys Killing by the participants and believed to have superhuman strength. Michael was rated highest among the characters in the Monster is an Outcast category. And that's the end of the quote. So, they did a survey and literally they most people find him to be the embodiment of pure evil which is what carpenter was going for yeah. and people find him fucking scary he is scary um i i really do like how the duffers in season 4 had eddie wearing a michael mask also in season two, Max wears one. Yeah, that's how they got it. But I think, because um, like it's kind of funny for Halloween for Max to have the that Michael mask. Myers. Yeah, it's funny um, because that's 
it tells us a lot about her character, who she is. She's not like other girls, but in a really fun way. Well, She's one of the guys. Mm -hmm. And like, also at this point, at that point in the show, the movie had come out, what, five, six years earlier? So it was hitting yeah. its phenomenon at that moment. Yeah, so it really does show she's not like other girls, but she still likes popular things. Yeah. And like when I say not like other girls, I mean she's just kind of embraced the nerdiness sooner than other girls did, I would say. Or like she was just more open about it. But then the fact that they have Eddie wear it, because Eddie is supposed to be the root of all evil in Hawkins, to have him put on That's true. the Michael mask is it's funny. But not funny, haha. -ha, but like, I can't help but laugh because it is very poetic in a way. Yeah. Like it was intentional that he wore the Michael mask, and now seeing Halloween, I get why because he was essentially the town's Michael, and I definitely did not purposefully orchestrate this entire month uh -huh. to have us talk uh -huh. about something that relates to Stranger Things. Do you you know and I both reference Stranger Things multiple times in this episode because we're obsessed. Oh, we are. But do you want to hear a little masterminding I did this entire month that no one knew that I did? Oh, please tell me. So we watched all of Stranger Things, right? Uh-huh. With Winona Ryder. Uh-huh. Winona Ryder was born in Winona, Minnesota, which is why she was named Winona Ryder. Okay. Alfred Packer lived in Winona, Minnesota. I need to walk away. Michael? Halloween? Michael, you can... It, it's time. Thank you. Halloween with Michael Myers when Eddie wears a Michael Myers mask. I'm that was purposeful. I'm leaving. <laughs> Taylor Swift raised me and I did this for mother. God, you almost went a whole episode without talking about No, I didn't. Oh, because no, you I didn't because you were the, be at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, speaking about the Michael Myers mask, it's based off of William Shatner. <laughs> That's really funny. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, you didn't even know that? Yeah. So the the mask of Michael Myers is based off of William Shatner's face from Star Trek. They whitened is... it. And so they whitened the mask a little bit and like kind of like made the eye holes like bigger and everything. But yeah, it, that's William Shatner's face. Get dunked on William Shatner. That is so funny. <laughs> Isn't that so good? They also almost went with a clown mask with like bright red hair. I'm very glad that they didn't. Yeah, they decided I think it the wasn't clowns... scary enough. Here's the thing. I think clowns are pretty scary on their own, but I feel like clown villains are really hard to make iconic. Yeah. Like what is it? Pennywise is an exception. What? Is Leprechaun the movie that has another clown in it? I don't know. Um, but I do think one of the things with more iconic horror costumes is taking something that looks really generic, like uh, the ghost face mask in particular, mm -hmm. was just designed by some lady. Um, I think there's a whole lot of drama with that. So we'll go over it when we watch Scream. But Well, it's based off of, it's based off of the Scream um, painting. Yeah, but there's like drama with the mask design, I'm pretty sure. So I'll look it up when we talk about it. Yeah, interesting, because I'd never heard that. But um, um, I used to watch the YouTube channel Glam and Gore all the time mm. with uh, content creator Mikey. Yeah. And she's a very big horror person, 
I used to watch her channel a lot. I really liked her special effects stuff. Her love of horror is what made me want to watch horror. And she, I, I remember her talking about it briefly in one of her videos. So I, I want to look up the history of the ghost face mask for when we watch Scream. So I'll do that. Okay. Since yeah, she came to all... town with Michael facts, I will come with mask facts. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I know it's based off of the Scream painting, which is why it's called Scream. Because it's based off of, the mask is based off of the painting Scream. Fascinating. Yeah, so it's called, the painting is, because the painting itself is literally called The Scream. Yeah. By Norwegian artist Edvard Munch. I'm, I knew that off the top of my head. I confirmed it, but I did remember that off the top of my head. Um, so the mask itself is based off of that, which is why the movie is called Scream and everything like that. If there's drama, I'm very curious. Please bring it. Bring me the I, drama. I will look it up. I remember there being drama within within the mask realm. Uh, so I will look it up and I will let you know for sure. Because, hey, I could also be quite, quite wrong. So we'll find out. Um, Fantastic. So. Do we want to tell them what we're watching next then? Or should we keep it a secret surprise? I think we've talked about it enough. I think we should just tell them what we're watching next. <laughs> we're going to watch Scream. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite movies. I literally remember watching it and I did not stop thinking about that movie. Not in a way that I was scared. Like, I remember, like, I did not get scared at that movie, but I just laid awake thinking about it. I, like... And, like, for weeks afterwards, I just, like, could not stop thinking about it. I watched it for the first time in 2021. So did I. Oh, my God. Did you watch it in October of 2021? Yeah, I actually watched it for my birthday. I started oh. a whole screen marathon for my birthday. Oh, my goodness. We watched it at almost the exact same time then. Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah, no, I watched uh, the first four because I watched the one through Emma Roberts. Um, so I only have two more that I haven't watched because I did not realize in 2022 there was a new one. And I, then there was the one after that. And I'm really excited to watch those. I cannot wait to talk to you about those ones. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Um, I, I love Scream so fucking much. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I am so excited that we are watching Scream and then we are going to be going to the Monster Mania and hopefully potentially meeting some of the original cast members. I think it, that is going to be so good. And yes, we will be going in costume and it will be Yossified Ghost Faces uh, because we found out that we are Billy and Stu girls through and through. We chose our favorites. And <laughs> if you guys did not think that I was a Matthew Illard girl before, you should know I love Shaggy first crush. <laughs> and I continued that trend my entire life. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it so much. And then we're going to do. Let's keep that one a fun little surprise. Okay. We'll keep the rest of it a little, a little fun little surprise. Yeah. We're going to open a new chapter in our, in our anthology um, here at the Internal Summer Party throughout the month of November. Um, December. We're going to be doing some Christmassy things, some winter fun holiday stuff. So look out for that in December. And January, I think you guys are going to like it. 
we it ties back to November. Yeah, we we are gonna come. We're gonna take a departure, but then we're gonna come back. And a break that joke is gonna make a lot of sense once you realize what we're doing. But <laughs> <laughs> I just got it, and I am so fucking mad at you. <laughs> I think on that note, let's take us out. What Let's are our take socials? Us out our socials that are so wonderfully run by Kirsty herself because I can't do it. It's bad for my mental. Eternal Slumber Party Pod at Instagram and Threads. You can find us there. You can find some of the most hilarious memes you've ever seen. A great way to interact with us. We are Instagram people. That is where we spend our time. Um, we may be fooling around with some TikTok coming up here soon. TikTok slash reels on Instagram. Yep. So TikTok, uh, we'll definitely probably be having some reels or something or other. You'll see it. I will be promoting it on our Instagram and threads when that time comes. But you should be following both because threads get special exclusive memes that don't fit in our carousel when I post on our episodes. So Ooh, check out both specials. Places. You can also email us at eternalslumberpartypodcast at gmail.com. And one of the things that you can do with that email is you can send us some five-star reviews. So if you want to leave us a five-star review on an app that does not allow for actual reviews to be written, send us a screenshot of your five-star rating. Send us that review in your email. You can also send that to the social medias as well. If you want to send it there, whatever is more comfortable for you. We will see it both places. And I think that's it. Yeah. Um, as always, if you like us, send us to your best friend. If you don't like us, then send us to your worst enemy because that's a funny prank. Have a great fish day or not. The choice is yours. I hope I can sleep tonight. I, I think you should be good. Michael, what do you think? He says I'll be fine.